This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, November 20th, 2019. And I do appreciate you being with me. And of course, Lots going on, always is. Lots of interesting economic news coming out this week, so I'm going to be sharing that, uh, especially about housing. I think that's it's instructive, and the reason why housing is so important is because it's a major part of what you know our our wealth here. Everybody in the United States, our wealth is built a lot into our house and where that money is. Uh, you know, when we buy our house, we build equity in it. We have wealth, and then you add that to our 401ks, IRAs, and anything else we have. And so it's very important. Housing is very important to most of us. Anyways, I'm Steve Peasley, and I really do thank you for being with me today. And a host, of course, I hope you'll call me as well with all your investing questions, anything financial we'll talk about. And when you do, of course, you drive the show in the direction you want it to go, and that's how I like it. Where do you want to take the show? It's totally up to you. As long as it's financial, we're the, well, I'm with you. And of course, we're all, you know, it's always about the same goal of financial freedom. And whatever that means to you, you know. Um, anyway, in this hour, I'm going to do my best to guide you with unbiased opinions about whatever you ask. Now, if you ask me about stocks, I got a bunch of software sitting in front of me that I can look up. And that's what I'll do. If you ask me about, you know, just general financial questions, I'll do my best to answer as truthfully and completely as I can. And if I don't know the answer, I don't mind saying I don't know. So don't, you know, and don't think any questions you have are too simple. That's, that's no such, there's no such thing. You know, there is no such thing as too simple. I don't want to ask that question because I'm embarrassed. I don't know the answer. Don't do that. That's the wrong, how are you going to learn if you don't ask questions? So please call. We're live right now, 888-99-CHART. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. Now, you know next week is Thanksgiving, okay? Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday, by the way. And then, of course, after that is Christmas. And um, though between those two, usually I don't meet with a lot of people because it's the holidays. But I did schedule one more meeting. This is unusual for me. Uh, because I haven't been back to San Jose and because I was in New York in between. So therefore, you know, I want to, I want to schedule another San Jose trip and I sent, and I set it up for Thursday, December 5th. Now I have a couple appointments, three appointments so far, and I have a couple of spaces left if you want to take it. So, you know, now's the time to take it. If you want to meet with me December 5th, in the San Jose area, it's actually downtown San Jose, um, we can, uh, there's a no-cost con- consultation, talk about investments, uh, talk about, of course, I'll talk about what KPP Financial does and see if we can help you and managing your funds. That's always part of the conversation, but I always will give you guidance on what to do or what you should do or what you're doing wrong. You know, I, I, the, so it's a portfolio review of and talk about everything financial in your life. That's what we do. That's what I do. So if you want to set up the appointment, go to investtalk.com or you can call our KPP financial offices in Irvine and just send me an email. Find any way you want, we will set up an appointment for you. 
Now, my main talking point today concerns a particular story regarding housing. Remember, I wanted to talk about housing. The U.S. housing starts starts now, starts, have rebounded with building permits at their highest level in, in, in what, uh, 12 years? That's pretty good. Of course, lower mortgage rates helps and, you know, the, there's a bunch of data that we'll talk about, but we're going to get into it in, in a little bit here. Just Housing is very, very important. And part of that also, I got some other interesting things. Part of that housing, how about cash out refinancing? You know, but see, um, that's different than housing starts and housing sells. So I'm talking about cash out refinancing. And what are the stats on that? Why bring it up? Because it's been growing a lot. And it, uh, I think it's a problem. Also, one of the federal, you know, you know, there's 12 Federal Reserve governors, right? You know, uh, 12 districts of the Federal Reserve in the United States. One of them, is her, na- her name is Bran- Bran- Brainerd. And she gave a little speech today. And I wanted to talk about what she said about the economy. Okay. And I'd like to talk about the tensions growing in China, not just the tensions about in Hong Kong. I'm more interested in the tensions are growing about uh, between us and China and how that's affecting the trade deal. That's what we're going to discuss. Of course, you come first. The market was down today. Dow was down 145 points. The Nasdaq down 44 points and the S&P down 12 points. So it was a down day today. Um, and it looks like the market is, you know, topping uh, at this point. Does that mean it's going to roll over and correct like it did last December and go down 10%? No, that's not what that means. Uh, I'm just saying that, you know, the market had a, a nice run up. And now it's just, you know, looks like it's run out a little bit of steam. We'll see. It wouldn't be a surprise for me to go back, for it to go back to the old highs it just had, that it just broke above, and test that. And technically speaking, and then bounce off again. That would be a test of support. They used to be resistant line trying to break above them when they successfully broke above the stock indexes, broke above those lines. Now those lines will become uh, support. So we'll see if that happens. Okay, let's go ahead and take our first caller today. Let's talk to Cherie in San Mateo. How are you doing, Cherie? I'm doing good, Steve. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. So I was reading this article on MSN, uh, 30 ways to become a millionaire uh, using 401k. So within uh-huh. that, they were mentioning that uh, if I have a long way to go before I retire, they recommend um, I would go. I should go with a Roth IRA uh, for a 401k instead of traditional 401k. Is that... Mm-hmm. Um, what your take on that too, or because I'm still um, well, 30 right now and I just got enrolled in my new company, so it's been two years since I'm with a traditional uh, 401k. Okay, um, I like I like the Roth idea a lot. Um, whether I prefer it or not, the younger you are, the more attractive it is, and at 30 you're pretty young. Uh, but you also have to remember that you get you don't get any. Your write-offs. That's one of the write-offs you will not take. If you put money in a Roth, you don't get to write that off now, but you never have to pay taxes on all the growth, and you never have to take it at age 70 and a half. So I like that part of it. 
Uh, will you make more money in a Roth than a regular IRA? Uh, statistically, I've read studies that say, no, you probably make about the same amount because they both grow tax-free, even though, excuse me, even though you know the, the, the amount of growth will be the same, even though at the end of the period, you have to start taking money out and pay taxes on a, on a regular 401k and a regular IRA. So the answer is yes. I think at 30 years old, you should pretty much concentrate on a Roth 401k if they offer it to you at your employer's place of business. But I, I also like to have both because you get the write-off now and at the end of the your when you end your working life and you start drawing on this money you can draw money from each and just make sure that the money you draw from the regular keeps you in the lowest tax bracket because that's taxable income so the theory is is that at the end of your working life you're going to be in a lower tax bracket Right, so it just matters trying to stay in it, and then you can adjust how much you take from each your Roth and your regular 401k to maintain your lifestyle and keep you in the lowest tax bracket. So I like them both, but at 30, I would definitely kick in with the Roth at this point. Okay, thank you for the call, appreciate you, Reed. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we present this program with five new shows each weekday, Monday through Friday. And it is broadcast and streamed live in our 4 o'clock hour Pacific time. And whenever you have investment questions, I really do encourage you to contact me or Justin at KPP Financial or explore the podcast library. You can search, listen, subscribe, and rate us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And I'd love to have you do that. I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. It's another busy investor work week. You've got investment and financial questions, and Steve and Justin are ready to give you their unbiased guidance. The Invest Talk phone lines are open, so call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, some some, uh, stats. Uh, Oil, $55 a barrel, hasn't moved much up and down, I don't know, a year or two. Treasuries are still at a normal curve, 1.58% yield on two-year, 1.75% on 10-year. I noticed the 10-year was at 1.8 not too long ago, so it's slowly moving down, uh, so we'll see. But the two-year also moved down from 1.6 down to 1.58. So it's still a normal yield curve. Gold didn't do much, still around $1,470, $1,470 an ounce, so that's... Nothing unusual there either. So those are some of the stats. Um, and as I said, we're going to get some uh, economic, uh, more economic news out this week. Last week was kind of light because we had that Monday was a holiday. And, you know, not, not for all of us, by the way, but a holiday nonetheless. Um, um, why don't we go ahead and go uh, to one of our talking points. I, I wanted to talk about cash out refinancing uh, and what's happening 2004 do if you remember right 2004 um, the cash out refinancing peaked between 2004 and 2007 that's when it peaked uh, and it was about a trillion dollars okay 
And it was, and this doesn't include subprime or non-prime or second trustees. This is talking about normal mortgage and people cashing out money out of their their um, their house peaked, and it was a lot. Okay, and the reason why I'm concerned about it, in 2006, 2006 was right in the middle of that period. 89%, this was the peak of that year, 89% of the refinances were cash out refinances. Okay? And the reason why I'm worried about that is because that was 89%. In 2018, Okay, 2012, they went from the peak, 89% to 2012, which is a trough to 3%, right? 3% of all of all mortgage or cash out, refinancing. 89% in 2000 were cash out, people taking cash. All went down to 3%. Only 3% of the refinancing were people taking cash. Guess what it is last year? 81%. So people are taking money out of their out of their uh, uh, houses once again. Okay, and we're near the peak. We haven't got this year's numbers yet. What does that mean? That means people are spending money out of their house. They're taking money cash out. What are they doing with that money? They're spending it, or maybe they're paying down student debt. I don't know. So. It's very kind of worrisome there. Um, I, I just don't, you know, I, I don't know how to interpret this. If if it peaked back then in 2006, 2007, when the mortgages were crazy, and it's peaking again last year, does do, do we worry about this? Does this tell us anything? I'm not sure if it does, by the way. I don't want you to think I'm ringing this panic bell. I'm not. It just is a bit of concern. I think we should pay attention to it. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And if you live or work in Southern California, I encourage you to contact me or Justin Klein at your K- at our KPP offices in California. You can make an appointment to meet with me or us anytime you want. We'll be happy to do that. Take a look at your portfolio view and t- portfolios and your financial situation. So you can reach us. You can call our office at Invest Talk or send us an email at investtalk.com. Just send me an email, you know. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. Thanksgiving will be here soon and Christmas will follow quickly. But in between these holidays, you'll have one more chance in 2019 to sit down in person with Steve Peasley so Steve can evaluate your asset portfolio and then show you how to optimize its performance. Steve Peasley will return to San Jose on Thursday, December 5th. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART. Let's talk to Dan in San Diego. How are you doing, Dan? Real good, Steve. Hope you're doing good on this wet day in San Diego. (laughs) Um, I'm calling well, about not, Chesapeake it's... Energy. Uh-huh. Do you want to buy it? Do you own it? Um, I'm just wondering if there's a bankruptcy in the future. Uh, I've been reading some That's pretty negative I... stuff about it. They're having financial problems. 
Yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned that that's possible. Um, if it doesn't go bankrupt, it it's gonna come back way back. But uh, you know, I'm on a Chesapeake Energy, everybody. Symbol CHK engaged in exploration and production of natural gas, crude oil properties in the United States, and the. The problem is, is they have lots of debt and they're not making any money. They're going to lose 21 cents a share this year, 23 cents a share next year. And they've done this before. In 2015 and 16, they lost 24 cents a share and 5 cents a share. Then in 2017, made 79 cents a share. 2018, made 20 cents a share. And then they're going to lose 21. So they've done it before, but now they have lots and lots of debt. So here it is. The stock is at 57 cents a share, right? I mean... It, it it has been this low in 2018 and 2016, and it's been as high as 29 2014. So, so the question is, is, do we take the chance? They sell, they have two billion dollars in sales a quarter, but that's not growing; it's shrinking. The last quarter down 14 percent. So the question is, is do you take a shot at this? I wouldn't. I, I would be very. I would. If this is a super high risk play, if you're going to buy it, if you own it, you might as well keep it. If you know, if it went from what two, two, three dollars six months ago, eight months ago, now it's fifty-seven cents. But I certainly, I wouldn't buy it, Dan. I, I certainly wouldn't take a position in it. I would not. It's too risky. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Dan. Chesapeake Energy, CHK. My main talking point today concerns the story about U.S. housing starts. Housing starts that rebounded pretty nicely. U.S. home building rebounded in October and permits even stronger jump. Jumped up to a 12-year high. Permits to build new construction. That's a leading economic indicator. You know, the housing numbers, housing starts, and the housing numbers you hear mostly, those are not leading indicators. They're looking back at last month and saying, okay. But a leading indicator is one, even though it was the permits for last month, permits are the the uh, are the clue of how many houses are going to be built next month and the month after that using those permits. So the permits jumped up very high. Uh, housing starts was also good, up 3.8%. On an annual basis, that's 1.3 million houses on an annual basis. But permits jumped up even more. So, why? Builders are upbeat. Now, one of the reasons because mortgage rates are very low, you know, uh, they, even though they creeped up a little bit. Even when they're creeping up, remember I told you yesterday that that, that uh, applications for new mortgages have jumped up too, even though the interest rates creeped up a little bit, the 30-year fixed so the question is, is housing is a pretty big uh, pillar of our economy. We'll call it a pillar of our economy. Because when you build a house, think of all the things that go into that house. Go from the actual buying the land, improving the land, who does all that, building, buy, buying all the products to build the houses, buying all the, all the, you, you know, all the, 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 uh, stoves and wiring and refrigerators then remember who makes those and then go on to someone buying a house and they're going to fix it up and put new stuff in it and i mean it's a pillar of our economy remember our economy is 77 70% driven by the consumer now what that consumer does is with his money is extremely important buying a house is a big purchase and a lot of spending 
that helps our economy. So that's what the report came out earlier this week. And it's upbeat, more so than expected. So what does that mean for our economy? Maybe not next month, but maybe the month after, the month after that, maybe the first quarter next year. Maybe not not this quarter. Uh, But it does abode well going forward. That's what that's all about. Okay. Okay, the Saudi Saudi American Oil Company said in a press statement this week that it is going to sell, it wants to sell, 1.5% stake in their company or about 3 billion shares. Can you imagine 3 billion shares for 1.5%? Now, the IPO is supposed to be next month, could beat the record 25 billion IPO of China's Alibaba when that de- debuted in New York in 2014. So the listing, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a big issue. It's going to be a big issue. I don't know if it will compete with uh, Exxon or, you know, uh, others, but it's big. Okay, we're going to, we do have, uh, we're going to be breaking. Boeing investors have been shaken up by the controversy surrounding the 737 MAX, but they did get a big order. So I'll have that answer after some more information. So they... If they had, they sold a bunch of three 737s. There are only two major aircraft builders, right? America's Boeing and Europeans Airbus. But there are many airlines. Here's my trivia question. What's the world's largest airline? What's the world's largest and most popular airline? I'll, I'll have that after the break. This is Invest Talk, everybody. Your typical workday can be very busy. Assignments, appointments, responsibilities, obligations. Sometimes you start early and end late. For that reason alone, you may already be looking to the future, to a period when your money, your accumulated assets are working for you and ultimately creating financial freedom. There are many voices suggesting financial planning services, but there's one company, one firm, that offers a balanced variety of strategically designed investment plans. One firm that applies decades of experience to enable a client personalized collaboration. One firm that can show you how to optimize an investment portfolio that fits your lifestyle objectives and risk tolerance limitations. One firm that speaks with a clear, logical, and unbiased voice. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, let's see. The answer. Remember, I always have a trivia question before the break. At least I've been doing that. I hope you guys like that trivia question thing. Um, anyways, what is, what's the world's largest and most popular airline? Okay, across the world of the in, in the in the United States and beyond, there are of course many airlines, but nearly 200 million passengers are served annually by American Airlines. 
the largest in the world. The airline offers more than 6,500 flights a day, 330 destinations around the world. So is that the world's largest airline? Well, the world's largest airline can be defined in many ways. We know that American Airlines Group is the largest by its fleet size, revenue, passengers carried, and revenue passengers per mile. But Delta Airlines is the largest by assets, value, and market capitalization. Southwest Airlines leads by profits. In Germany, Lufthansa Group is the largest by number of employees. Turkish Airlines is the leader by number of countries served. Dubai-based Emirates Airlines is also a big middle, Mideast operate with 3,600 flights per week and no more than to more than 150 cities. So it depends on how you count it. But I would say American Airlines would be the biggest by how many flights they do and how many people travel. I think that would be the best way to count. And that's how you count it. And then we're not even talking about freighters. <laughs> count freight. FedEx has a, a big fleet of airplanes, right? Should you have a UPS airlines? You know, do you count? How do you count those? It's all in how you want how you want to count. Anyways, eight 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 ninety nine chart is my number. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Let's talk to Rahit, Missouri. How you doing, Rahit? Hey, hi, Steve. Uh, thank you for taking my question. Yeah, thank you. I have a couple questions. Um, so my first question is um, on the stock uh, American Eagle Outfitters, uh, ticker symbol AEO. Yes. Um, I'd like to get yes. your thoughts on the fundamentals and technicals of this one. Uh, I actually own some of this one and like to add more because of the pullback today. See, what, what, is this the best idea or not? And the second question is, yes. would you recommend any um, book for like a technical analysis, specifically for investors? Um, when to get in or can to take profits um, on an investment that got like more returns or anything like that. Uh, not necessarily like days in and out thing. Um, so thank you for taking my question. Well, on technical analysis, there's a book there. There's a kind of like the Bible of technical analysis. It's called Technical Analysis of Stock Trends by Robert Edwards and John McGee. And that's the Bible uh, it's it's almost like a textbook on technical analysis. It's it's not cheap, but it is, and it's you know it's like what eight hundred seven eight hundred pages long, <laughs> but it is like the like the Bible of technical analysis. I'm looking at it right now. I have the eighth edition. It probably has more recent editions than that. I would suspect, but that's where that's where you would do technical analysis. That's where you get all that. American Airlines Outfitter symbol is AEO, and you know the. This sector, apparel sector, has been hit pretty hard recently in the last few days, and they're no exception. They went from $16.50 down to $14.45 in the last three days. And on a percentage basis, that's a lot, everybody. I know people say, well, that's only two points. Well, <laughs> that's you know, 15%. You know, that's a lot, 13 14%. Um, anyways, um, they operate 1,200 American Eagle Outfitter stores, area clothing stores, and, you know, uh, other things. Uh, fundamentally, they're pretty solid. They're going to make $1.60 a year uh, per share this year, making $1.48 last year. So, pretty good. And it's scheduled to make the same amount next year. That's what it says. They pay a 3.8% dividend. The P ratio, it's a $14.45 stock. 
going to make a dollar sixty. So that you know, that that means the PE ratio is below ten, and the five year range is nine to twenty nine. So it's right at the very bottom. It's PE ratio. Return on equity is twenty one percent, which is pretty good. And the most recent quarter sales went up eight percent. Sales have been you know, a single-digit growth the last year or so, but they're growing. So why does it fall from $23 or $24 in May to now $14.45? Because of the whole sector, because of you shutting down thousands upon thousands of stores, not American Eagle stores, but the whole sector has been suffering because of Amazon. We all know that. So does that mean that you should buy it now? Well, I'll tell you this. It has a lot of support right around $14. Doesn't seem to want to go below that. It's tested that three times since August. Going down there, going back up to to $16, back down, back up to $16, and here it is down again. So if it stays with that pattern, this is where you'd be buying it. Right. So... There's my answer. It's cheap. It's inexpensive. It's not. I don't think it's a value trap. It pays a 3.8% dividend. It's a good, solid company. So you might be a buyer here. Anyways. Okay, American uh, American Eagle Outfitters, everybody. Retail is tough. It's just a tough, tough business these days. Okay. Fed Governor Brainerd. She had a little speech today, you know, how they talk. She's one of the 12 of the Federal Reserve governors of the 12 districts. And she was talking about the economy. And remember, I talked about it yesterday. That I'm, I'm trying to give you, know, a, a, give you a variety of different people saying different things. If you remember right yesterday, I talked about the Oxford economics prediction for our economy. And then, uh, you know, there was the... the the guy, the head economist at uh, Vanguard, and this is this is one of the Federal Reserve uh, leaders here. She said, "Domestic economy powered by the consumer says that she sees above trend growth, above trend growth, but she sees the next quarter, this quarter we're in, at about a half a percent growth." That's strong, strong down from where it is now. But when some, when she was asked to get more specific, she said, all I can tell you is it's probably above trend growth for the next year, year and a half. So what's our trend growth? Probably around two and a quarter to two and a half percent. So she's saying she sees it picking up, the economy picking up. If you interpret what she's saying as above trend and the trend being two, two and a quarter. So that's pretty good news. But she also mentioned you're gonna, you know, this this quarter we're in, it's gonna be the worst quarter of this year. So and, and she she attributes that above trend growth because of the consumer working, having jobs, spending money. And we know that they're borrowing money against their house by cash outs. <laughs> so they're spending that money. We know that. I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. So obviously, you understand the importance of unbiased guidance, and I hope so, anyways. And of course, you know, I hope you listen to experienced market analysts and try to remember experts are always wrong. And, you know, I, I'm trying not to include myself in that. Uh, I don't like to call myself a student, but I've been wrong plenty.
You know, I don't pretend that I know everything. I do not. I just like to look at all the different statistics and kind of put them together, both good and bad. Don't just focus on good or bad. Don't. A lot of people fit the narrative to what they want to see. So they look up those things or read those things that fit what they want. Try not to do that because that's not how you're going to come up with the real facts. So that's why you hear me talking about economists saying, oh, it's bad, and then it's good, and then it's bad. I'm, I'm reading that because we want to make up our own minds using common sense. Now, you also got to understand, now you, I encourage you to subscribe to our KPP Premium Newsletter because, you know, that's what I, I every, it comes out every Friday, and that gives you unbiased opinions of what's going on in that KPP Premium Newsletter comes out every Friday. You can subscribe to it anytime you want at investtalk.com. And now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. If you live anywhere in Northern California, from Sacramento to Santa Cruz, from Napa to Nevada, from Vacaville to San Rafael, or any place in between, you should make plans to sit down in person with Steve Peasley on Thursday, December 5th, in San Jose. In an efficient and personalized consultation, Steve Peasley can help you optimize the asset allocation of your portfolio. And Steve's consultations are offered at no cost and with no obligation. So get your financial freedom objectives in shape for the coming year. Appointment availability for December 5th is limited. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Rick from Colorado. Hey, once in a while on your show, you mentioned that uh, we're late in the economic cycle. I'm trying to understand that. So is there a book or a website you can recommend on that? And what are some of the leading indicators? How do we see it? How do we see it coming? The higher inflation I've read is one of the indicators, and that's what the Fed is trying to do, correct? And I know you're recommending buying gold. I assume that's part of the whole preparation for the downturn. What else is there? So I'd love some uh, insight. Uh, more on that and again a book or a website or something to study up on this topic thank you well um you know i wish it was easy i wish i could just point to you and say okay read this do that and there you go you have all the information you need at your and it's just not that easy <laughs> it just is not um you know, you need to really start understanding what leading the leading economic indicators are and what they mean and differentiate them between the leading economic indicators and the lagging economic indicators. And I can tell you real quick, lagging economic indicators are all about the past. They'll tell you what's going on or what has happened in the last month or two months or three months. Leading indicators are those that are more current or in the future. For instance, the weekly unemployment claims is a leading economic indicator because it tells us what's going on every week. So that's considered a leading economic indicator. And we already talked about building permits because that's what's going to happen in the future. Leading economic indicators. The length of the work week. How many how many hours people are working a week? Leading economic indicator. So you got to learn the differences between leading and lacking economic indicators. Then you got to follow them. <laughs> and then in the economic numbers that come out every week, there's certain parts of the data, uh, reports, parts like we saw the uh, permits is just a part of the uh, new construction report. 
So certain parts are leading. And then there's the LEI report, which is the leading economic indicator report. You don't want to know what's another leading economic indicator? The stock market itself. If it's going down, usually that means the economy's going to go down in the future. If it's going up, that means the economy is good. So, you know, it's just, I wish I could just point to you. You're just going to have to learn over time. Just keep learning, keep learning, keep learning. And I, I've been doing it for umpteen decades, and I'm still learning. So you'll never become, you know, fully, oh, okay, I now know everything. There's not. That's, that's not how it works because things change too. Okay, so think about think about the economy. Think about the economy. What is our economy driven by now? Think about the, the power of the internet and what changes it have brought about. Look at Amazon and how it's destroying a lot of retailers out there. 20 years ago, you base you could look at a retailer and figure out how much it's worth and where it's going. Now you got to you got to factor in the online sales. Do they have an answer to the online sales competition? Didn't have to think about that before. You know, so things change. It's going to always change. You got to be you know be flexible and be changing with it. Okay, so let's keep moving this along. Here's a question that came in on our Intertime Listener line: eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hey guys, this is Neil calling from Asheville, North Carolina. I'm a new listener to the show, but I love it. I've got a question about Occidental Petroleum, LXY. I think they're pretty undervalued right now at $38 a share. They just bought out Anadarko Petroleum earlier this year, and they reported under their expected earnings this quarter. And I'm just kind of wondering if you think stock's undervalued right now. They pay a pretty healthy dividend, but looking forward to hearing the answer. Thank, Thank you for your time. Have a good day. Uh, the quick answer is probably not. It's not undervalued. It's a thirty uh, Occidental, Occidental Petroleum symbol OXY, engaged uh, in exploration and produ- production of crude oil and natural gas worldwide. It bought Anadarko on August eighth, two thousand. You know, August eighth, a few months ago, uh, and they paid fifty five billion dollars for it. Well, wait a minute. Occidental Petroleum's only worth twenty-eight billion dollars, so they swallowed a much bigger company. They bought a much bigger company, and I will submit to you that's a pretty uh, significant event that's going to make it difficult to know uh, what the actual earnings and growth are going to be for for Occidental Petroleum. We don't know. But they're only going to make a dollar eighty-seven this year and a dollar fourteen next year. And it's a thirty-eight dollar stock. That's not cheap. Okay, decent return on equity. It's got good fundamentals, but that's not cheap. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And of course, our work will continue after this break. This is the last part of the hour, so get your questions in now. Eight 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 ninety-nine chart. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go to Jordan in Seattle. How you doing, Jordan? 
Steve. I'm living life. How are you doing, sir? Good. I can't complain. Well, I could, but, you know, who, who wants to hear that? There you go. Anyways, what do you got? Amen. Amen. Appreciate you having me on. Hey, quick question. As the uh, year rounds out here, I'm kind of thinking about rebalancing the portfolio and all that, and kind of want to get your take on what's the most efficient way to rebalance portfolio um, in the most tax-efficient way as well, and uh, what do you kind of look for right. um, as this time uh, comes forward? Okay. So the first thing you do is you want to look at your uh, your your uh, realized gain and losses for the year. What have you realized gains and in losses do you have? And not just stock; you can have other realized gains and losses too. You know, and other if you buy a property, you might have or sold a property, you might have it. But look at your realized gain and losses in the stocks. Okay, so then take a look at your portfolio. If you had to rebalance it. Take a look if you if you have gains that you can offset with losses that can that will help also at the same time balance your portfolio. That's what you're going to attack first. So let's say you have ten thousand, twenty thousand losses. I mean gains this year, realized gains, and you have unrealized losses in the portfolio, and then you can sell those and rebalance at the same time. Sometimes you sell, let's say you can, you have a realized loss, let's say in a position like, okay, like gold. Let's say you have a realized loss in a gold mining company, okay, that uh, unrealized loss. You can take that unrealized uh, loss and make it a realized loss to apply to gains and then go on and buy another different gold company at the same time. So you still have your hedge on against the market. If that's what you were, why you bought the gold in the first place. So those kinds of th- thought processes. If something has gone up too much and is too big of a proportion of your portfolio, but if you already have realized gains and you don't want to take more realized gains, wait till January second. Don't do it th- th- this year. You know. So therefore, that way you can rebalance your portfolio the next year for that particular position and not have to pay taxes on this year. For the capital gains. It's that kind of thought process. So you look at every piece of, of your portfolio and decide. Does that make sense, Jordan? I hope so. Makes total Anyways, sense. Appreciate, appreciate it. Thanks for the call. I do. I do really appreciate the call. Let's go to BJ in Fremont. How you doing, BJ? Uh, I'm good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, one question is, I mean, we know the definition of recession maybe two quarters of uh, continuous decline or whatever, that is 20% uh, yes. decline of the stock GDP. market. But what's about the factors like clouds or uh, semiconductor? and other Each cyclically, if they keep taking 20%, 50% decline, some of them are actually for at this point. Yes. So yes. Uh, if it rolls around like this, why do you need a recession or market downtime overall? Is that what not happening right now? That's actually a very good question, and what what I'm seeing is a is a a, a ro- rotating correction in the stock market from different sectors, and that can be that could you got to we're we're talking apples oranges. If you're talking about recession, that's two quarters of GDP going down, shrinking. That's done nothing to do with the stock market. That's the gross domestic product of the country. If you're talking about a stock market correction or a bear market, that's 
if it goes down 20% or more, you're in a bear market. But that's a bear market. You can have a bear market with a no recession or with a recession. It doesn't, you know, it could either or. But what we've seen and what you're seeing, BJ, is kind of a rolling correction in the stock market, the different sectors, which is kind of interesting. And I've seen that happen before over the years, way back when. And that might be all the correction you get. Different sectors hit, getting hit very hard, and then other sectors taking over, moving up. And their overall market not really crashing, not really going down. That can happen. It's rare, but it's happened in the past. So that's a very good observation by there. Hondro Fremont about Apple. I'm sorry we ran out of time. You call tomorrow, I promise. I'll, I'll get you up early. Okay. I'm Steve Pease, and this completes another Invest Out program. I will return Friday with brief highlights from the news uh, newest KPP newsletter. Justin Klein will be here tomorrow. It's already Thursday. Can't believe it. And please tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads. I appreciate that. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, you can download it there. You can also download it at investtalk.com. Have a great night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.